Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan podcast alongside Bree Reyes, investor, coach, and certified financial planner over at Estes Financial Services. I am Ben George. We've got a good show for you today talking about the top social security myths here in 2023. Eh, Maybe myths, maybe a little too strong, misinformation, some common uh, assumptions that are not always correct about social security. But either way, Bree, this is so important that you get right. Yes. Social security is like saying a bad word in front of your five-year-old. Once it's out, it's out. And then he will repeat it at school and you will have to write an apology note. Ask me how I know. Sounds like this has happened before. Uh, Last Friday. <laughs> Last Friday. What was the word, if you don't mind us asking? Wait, F. It started with an uh, F and ended up with K. There gotcha. you go. Gotcha. All right. Well, how's everything else going around the office? <laughs> Uh, everything is good. Unfortunately, we are losing Lori. We're losing our office mm. manager. She has got some family stuff going on and it's just, it's time for her to, to move on. And so I am in the middle of hiring a new office manager, which is one of my least favorite activities. I prefer going to the dentist to hiring people. It is part of the job of being the boss, but dad and dad and I have Dad's gotten super tired of it, so he passed the baton over to me. <laughs> and uh, I can see why he's tired of it. And I'm a little, I'm a little bit uh, ready to be done with it myself. We'll put it that way. I hear now you. I understand why it was so hard for him to find another broker to work with, and he just had to raise me to be a broker. I, I get it now. Yeah. Well, I, I know that's never an easy process uh, for sure, and I know there's a lot on your plate right now. But we appreciate, as always, you taking the time here on the podcast to help educate people and keep people informed of, you know, on on different areas of financial planning. And today, I think such an important topic to go through. I know you work with a lot of uh, clients, both government employees, federal employees, and also non-federal employees. But Social Security is so important for for everyone out there. And we all kind of count on this for income and retirement. So you want to get it right. So I've got 10 different myths I want to throw your way, Bree. You can kind of help clear us up, explain whether whether or not they are correct and and maybe uh, help us better kind of understand how they apply to our financial planning. Um, First one I've got for you is the Social Security Administration. While they're very good at making sure you fill out your forms and have all the appropriate information and get your benefits filed, they're not going to make very good at that either. They're not. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm making a, 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 maybe that's another myth. (laughs) You apparently haven't filed for social security. (laughs) recently. I I haven't yet. (laughs) Uh, But I guess beyond that, they're also not going to help you determine when's is best to actually claim your benefits or how to claim your benefits no they are not they are not fiduciaries it is not their responsibility and they will not they do not want the legal obligation with having made a suggestion to anyone so this is this is always a problem with them um and it i do not see it fixing itself anytime soon reason being that's just how they work (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's they're they're not a uh that's that's not their deal that's not their bag they're not fiduciaries they will not give you any advice and they will not answer questions over the phone 
ask me how I, <laughs> I know, I know that one from, from previous experience too. We've, I have actually sat in with several clients, uh, working on filing for social security in my office. They just wanted somebody to hold their hand and talk with them about it. And I'm happy to do so. And by doing that with them, I have managed to see how inefficient social security can be. For example, one of my clients, we were just trying to file. Super easy. Everything was in the system. There were no questions. She wasn't filing on. Just it was it was a super easy process. The website was down. We called and said, "Hey, just trying to do this. The website's down." And they went, "Yeah, you got to come in then." Hmm. Okay, we can't do it via the phone. Nope. But but the website says to call you. Yeah, to schedule an appointment. Great. When's your next appointment? Three months from now. Cool. We're just gonna try the website in a little while. <laughs> Yeah. And sure enough, before the appointment was set up, we were able to get back on and back into the website and get filed. But it was not an easy situation and it was not pleasant. And it involved us staying on top of the Social Security website. Well, that's important to know. So if you're, if you're assuming that uh, you're going to get a lot of help from the Social Security Administration, please do not prepare for that. All right. Uh, myth two. It's an interesting one. Um, the thought is if you have been a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home parent, you're not going to get any Social Security. Is that not true? Ooh, that's a terrible myth. Um, okay. Even if you're a stay-at-home parent, not necessarily moms nowadays. Right. <laughs> I know plenty of stay-at-home dads. Hmm. You still may be eligible for Social Security benefits based on your spouse's work record. Notice I said still maybe. Did not say are. It, there's some. There's some rules. There's you guys have to be married for a certain length of time and all this other wonderful and amazing stuff. But it's not true that you're not going to get anything. Okay, that's. I guess that's great to know for a lot of people that just kind of assume, hey, I'm not going to have this help. Uh, that's not the case. So important to know that. All right, mm-hmm. number three, Bree taxes. I've been paying taxes on all of my uh, my earnings throughout my career. I've been paying into the system. So. Once I claim Social Security and start receiving those benefits, surely I'm not going to get taxes get taxed on that money as well, right? Oh, <laughs> naive, wonderful person you. No, up to 85% of your Social Security is eligible for taxation. Um, it did, was not always this way, but it happened, I believe, in the 90s when they, when they instituted Social Security taxation. Um, and you may must pay taxes on up to 85% of your social security benefits, potentially. So it's one of those situations. It won't be 100% of the benefits, but for right now, up to 85% is eligible for taxation. Okay. Important to know that as well. Again, if you're getting close to filing for social security, make sure you have a plan in place. You can always call Bree 817-444-8402 or... And her father over at Estes Financial Services will be happy to sit down and work with you on that. All right. The big myth, I think, that's out there, and these aren't in any particular order ranking-wise, but this next one's one that I know I'm sure you hear all the time, Bree. There's not going to be any Social Security left by the time I retire. Yeah. So Social Security system is funded through payroll taxes. In fact, I just wrote mine yesterday. And while there are concerns, significant concerns about long-term sustainability, this has happened before. We've been at this situation before where there were concerns about long-term stability for Social Security, and everybody went ahead and they, they, they basically, the government basically threw more money into it last time. I imagine they're going to do the same this time now. So it's not to say that you're not going to get any. My fear is, and this is, necess- this is not necessarily for 
people that are currently receiving social security or close to receiving social security. But my fear is at some point in time, we're going to get a point where social security ages, eligibility ages maybe higher than they currently are. I mean, it's been almost 90 years after FDR signed social, the social security act into place. I mean, we're, we're bumping up on 90 years on that. And it has be- it was not designed to be everybody's retirement either, but it makes up a significant chunk of most retirees, some retirees' income. Uh, it's important to know to know that uh, there's going to be something hopefully there. I know that's something that uh, people around our age, Bree, are really concerned about. I know people getting close to retirement are concerned about as well. But uh, good to know that uh, hopefully changes will be made in some capacity to keep that benefit and that system alive and well. Maybe not well. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Uh, Myth number five, you should claim Social Security as soon as you're eligible. Ooh, this is a this is a myth that I have a little bit of issues with. Okay. Um, you can claim Social Security benefits as soon as you're eligible, but it's not maybe the best decision for your individual financial situations. There's a lot of other factors to take into account. Are you still working? What is your spouse's situation like? What is longevity like for you and your spouse? Um, what's your health like? These are all things to be to take into consideration when filing for Social Security. So these are all things that when, some, when one of our clients starts thinking about Social Security, what we do is we run a Social Security scenarios. We run multiple scenarios. We run about, well, I think the program does about 1,500 in about a four-second situation. I love this software program. I cannot do 1,500 calculations in four seconds, um, but it allows us to look at the different scenarios of when you take Social Security. So, And that sometimes will change people's thought process. It may change when they file, and that's great. That's fine. Just know that once you have done it, once the horse is out of the barn, getting him back in the barn is not the easiest thing on the planet. Put it that way. Mm -hmm. Hmm. No doubt. All right. So have a strategy before you claim. Have a strategy before you plan. Do not walk in there going, hey, I am 62 and I think right now might be the best time to file Hmm. because the Social Security office will say, whatever you say, here's the form. Right. (laughs) All right. Here you go. Fill it out. If you're you're certain either way, here's the form. You you figure, figure it out. Yeah. Or they'll send out you to the website that doesn't work 90, half the time, 50% of the time. <laughs> Can't believe a government website doesn't work 50% of the time. Interesting. Um, all right. What about people that are working? I know this is a, a, a common question you probably get, but uh, the myth is you can't work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time. Is that true? It's not that you can't receive Social Security benefits at the same time. You can work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time. But there's limits on how much you can earn without penalizing your Social Security benefits. And why do you want to penalize something? If you've got income coming in and it's covering your budget, why penalize your Social Security by taking it? This is why I love that scenario software that I talked about earlier. It, it runs all of these options for us and gives us a, good, a pro con. Here's how much your penalty is going to be. Here's how much it would be if you wait until later situation. And believe me when I tell you, it's very, very, very expensive software. So I love to use it. <laughs> I want to make sure I get all my bang for my buck. All right. Number seven here. Uh, Social Security benefits are only for U.S. citizens. 
Social Security benefits are available to U.S. citizens and certain non-U.S. citizens who meet very stringent eligibility requirements. Okay. I'm not going to get into those because that will, A, make this podcast incredibly long, and B, probably anger half the audience. <laughs> Just <laughs> anytime any benefits are going to somebody who is non-U.S. citizen, people get a little prickly sometimes. Um so just, you know, if you're more if you're interested in knowing what those uh, eligibility requirements are, reach out to me or, or do a do a Google search. It's pretty easy to find on Google, but social security benefits are av- available to you all to US citizens and certain non-US citizens who meet eligibility requirements. All right, so if that if that's you maybe Definitely reach out for more information on that. All right, a few more to run by you, Bree. Uh, people with a pension that are fortunate enough to have a pension. I know a number of federal employees do. Uh, if you have a pension, you will not be able to claim Social Security benefits. Is that accurate? Ugh. Having a pension does not necessarily make you ineligible for Social Security benefits. It depends on the type of pension. It depends on if you've paid into Social Security. For example, most current... Most federal employees now that are FERS, the Federal Employee Retirement System retirees, there's two categories still, um, those people, they will get their 100% of their Social Security. The Civil Service Retirement System people have, um, have some Social Security. It'll affect their Social Security benefits. Their pension would affect their Social Security benefits. Some cities, some municipalities in the state of Texas also their pensions, they don't take out Social Security while someone's working. That can affect their Social Security benefits. And by the way, this is not a calculation Social Security will run for you because they don't know about your pension. So they're just going to show you the numbers as if everything's good and gravy. And then they have a little asterisk at the bottom that says if you receive a pension and you did not contribute for, to Social Security for that pension, there is what is called windfall, elimin- uh, windfall elimination provision, WEP. And that is their little acronym. And right now there is a bill in Congress where they're always fighting WEP. WEP is always being Mm. fought somewhere. And there's talk about repealing WEP from both sides of the aisle. And Congress is facing mounting pressures from current retired public employees, teachers, lobbies, a lot of different people to repeal WEP and the government pension offset. I don't know. I, I, I have my crystal ball sits in my conference room. It's very pretty. It does not actually do anything. <laughs> and I have no power in Congress. <laughs> you don't? I don't. Oh. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Because I imagine that would be just de- like dealing with a ton of six-year-olds, and I have no time for them. Right. You got enough on your plate right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, a couple more on on how to calculate benefits. Uh, The the next myth is Social Security benefits are based on your income and your assets. Okay, not not exactly. Social Security benefits are not means-tested, meaning that your eligibility is based on work history and other factors. So not your income and assets. It's work history and other factors, at least as we sit here today and record this podcast. Now, there have been talks about making Social Security means-tested. Once again, my crystal ball is pretty. It's, It's my conference room. It doesn't do anything. So as of today, we don't have any means testing. Okay. And the final one here, Bree, is Social Security benefits are based on your last job's salary. Not true. Your Social Security benefits are based on your lifetime earnings history, not just your last job's salary. 
I remember getting my first job at a place here in Fort Worth, Texas called Oshman Sporting Goods. It was a nationwide chain. And I had, uh, this is a story dad loves to tell. He thinks hmm. this is funny. I am now seeing the humor in it, but it took me a really long time and I'm still a little salty about it. If you can't tell by my voice. So I had worked, I don't know, 80 hours before I got my first paycheck. The best part about working in Oshman's at the time was we had a pretty good employee discount. And at the time I was a tennis player. I would still love to be a tennis player and I'm still probably a tennis player, but definitely not as good and definitely not playing on a team. Hmm. Back then I was a high school, I was in varsity tennis in high school and I was one of the so I played a lot of tennis. We'll put it this way. And I had seen Oshman's carried a brand of tennis sneakers that I wanted so badly. And my parents, being good, responsible parents they are, said, sure, work, earn them, which I respect. And so I had figured up how much I needed to work before I would have the money for not just the sneakers, the new sneakers, but I also needed to get my racket restrung. We did stringing at Oshman's. And while I got a good deal on it, it still was going to cost me a couple of, of pennies, nickels, and dimes. So I'd figured all this out. Go in that, that first, that Friday, payday, my first payday there, I get my check and I, and my check doesn't match. So I go home, sit mom and dad down very seriously i'm a i was always a very serious child and say we need to hire an attorney we need to hire a labor attorney <laughs> oshman's is stealing from me <laughs> we must hire someone and dad's like what are you talking about <laughs> so i laid down my check stub and the check and said why doesn't here's how many hours i worked here's this and who's fica and why is why did what what is this why do they have my money who is this and that is when dad had to sit down and fully explain social security to me <laughs> and that I would eventually, maybe, hopefully, get some of that money back. <laughs> so, FICA, I'm coming for you. I want my money back. Watch out. <laughs> so, and it's still something dad laughs about to this day. Who is FICA and why do they have a good chunk of my money? <laughs> A lot of Something early. that we should tell children in school exists. Yeah. They shouldn't be shocked. Yeah, a lot of lessons learned about money early on when you get those first paychecks. There's no question. All right. These are just uh, 10, I think, that are really pressing right now in 2023. But uh, there's much more to Social Security that you need to discuss with a financial professional before you claim your benefits. We talked about you want to have a strategy and a plan. You can always reach out to Estes Financial, 817-444-8402. And Bree, you all also have a Social Security report you offer, right? We do. We have a Social Security we report we offer that I'm going to make available to every listeners of the podcast. If you reach out to us, 817-444-8402 and request it, we'll get you a the Social Security report. It's a physical report, so we're going to need your um name address <laughs> love a phone number to make sure it reaches you because i don't trust mail some days <laughs> <laughs> and also if you send me your if you also give us your email address we'll see if we can get you a digital copy we're working on that right now very good and you can reach out to brie 817-444-8402 give there me a call. it is all right, let's uh, get to know brie a little bit better this week's question for you brie as we always like to ask you some things that are a little off the wall. What's the uh, irrational fear that you have? Oh, I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like falling um, rides. So I, I love roller coasters. I love that type of thing. But I don't like like Tower of Terror or drop rides. 
I was uh, I was in a ride at Six Flags over Texas when I was in high school, and the it was kind of a giant slingshot sling thing, and the harness loosened a little bit. And ever since then, I, maybe it's not an irrational fear. Maybe that's a perfectly rational fear. But ever since then, I I no go those type of things. I'm just I will watch. Wilkeen does them all the time. Our friends do them together, and I just sit on the ground and wave. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it at all. That's fair enough. I can't. I won't fault you for that. And I'm afraid of accidentally skiing off a mountain when we (laughs) ski, which is also an irrational fear. I guess that's a that's a true irrational fear because I can stop myself. But if I get too close to the edge, I just picture myself rolling down the side. Yeah. (laughs) Unable to stop. (laughs) And it paralyzes. It's a paralyzing fear. And that's part of the reason I ski by myself. Because I have to stay away, like it. I have the same fear when I watch like Dad ski near an edge or Joaquin ski ski near a, an edge. I I freak out that they're gonna do it. Uh-huh. It's it's and it's just I am just consumed. I would have thought you would have wanted to ski with people, in the the worry that you would go off the mountain, they'd be there to help you. No, I'm afraid that they're gonna f- accidentally push me. I don't know what that says about my family. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> the deeper issue we need to explore here. <laughs> Don't worry, I got a therapy appointment tonight. We'll go through this. <laughs> uh, that's tremendous. All right, so that's two irrational fears, but uh, interesting to hear both of those for sure. All right, uh, closing it out with Zoe, a question from Zoe that came in to the show. We like the answers, many questions we can on the show. We appreciate your feedback. Zoe's question this week, with the increasing awareness of environmental, social, and governance, the ESG, as you've probably seen in the news, factors, Ugh. How can I incorporate these considerations into my investment strategy and what impact could they have on my returns? Okay, so there is positive, there's positive and negative about ESG. And as I made the uh sound, I, this is one of those situations where I can see, I understand from certain people's view that positive impact on society or or the environment, but that's not how capitalism is built. So as a true capitalist, I have a little bit of a problem with that. Um, Some experts, there's experts out there that are saying, hey, it shows that maybe we'll get better potential returns with these type of investments. Anytime it's better potential, okay. And some argue that ESG investing helps mitigate risk by avoiding companies that might be exposed to lawsuits or scandals or some those types of things. The things that I look at when it comes to ESG investing, and like I said, I'm it's a hot button topic on both sides of the aisle, and I am a little bit, I'm a capitalist, um, so that means that you kind of know where I fall on this. I don't like the fact that there seems to be lack of transparency. Um, what makes a company ESG is not there's no standardization in scoring or measure measuring there's no current universally accepted standard so what one person might feel is esg another person might not so that to me that's that's a little bit part of it um it seems like a buzzword more than anything sometimes or buzz buzz phrase there's lack of a reliable data especially for smaller companies so we don't know much about smaller companies esg and the big one is the trade-off between financial returns and social environmental impact. There's just as many stories that show that returns in ESG investing, or many reports that show that returns in ESG investing are worse than returns in the global market. So you have to trade that off for yourself. Are you willing to take a smaller return for social environmental impact? And that is a personal 
discussion. And that needs to be taken. I mean, that needs to be thought of on each individual level. What are you willing to do? For some people, they can't. They can't afford less returns. And that's that's what they've got to deal with. So this is where I, I don't like everyone being forced into ESG, ESG investing because of the fact that I think it should be an individual choice. I'm very much, you make your choices and you make your bed. Even with a six-year-old. He hears that a lot. You make your choices and you make your bed. And can companies exploit the system for their own benefit? Yes. Google greenwashing. So just because companies say they're ESG, they're not necessarily ESG. I think it's an I think it's kind of a buzz topic right now. I'm not sure it's going to last forever. Right. So Zoe, if you're interested in that, you need to look at you need to look at ESG and talk to a financial advisor that maybe specializes it and and see if you can even afford it. I mean. Silicon Valley's bank's collapse has been linked to some issues with ESG. And Volkswagen in 2015, we all thought Volkswagen was a very green company. It was thought to be ESG awesome. And then their stock price collapsed after, wait a second, they were cheating on an admissions. Hmm. Missions scandal, missions cheating scandal. If any of us realized that, they were saying their cars were so green and they weren't pumping out emissions. And oh, oh, oh. We're sorry. That wasn't true. Mm. PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, was considered an ESG leader, but it also caused massive California wildfires, potentially, allegedly, that wiped out thousands of homes and killed dozens of people. <laughs> so mm. how good for the was that for the environment <laughs> and society as a whole? Sometimes you can be one thing and be something else at the same time. All of these things are, are situations where it's something that you have to look at. You have to talk with your financial advisor. Let them know your concerns. Talk with them about the way, you know, the portfolio that works best for you. And do, if you're going to try to do it on your own, do your due diligence. Because just because somebody says they do ESG doesn't necessarily mean they do. So important. Make sure you do your due diligence on anything that you invest in. Uh, this is just another example of that. Make sure you understand everything about what you're investing in and making your own choices um, and always seek the help of a financial professional to help you with that. And of course, Bree is a certified financial planner and happy to walk you through investment strategies and see what's appropriate for you and just look at your overall right retirement plan, financial plan. So if you have questions for her, please reach out 817-444-8402. And of course, make sure you call to get that social security report as well. Bree, as always, thanks for the great insight today, and uh, we'll do it again soon. And good luck getting the office straightened up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I, and everybody listening, go out and enjoy your abundant retirement.